um, one of the first marriage lessons that we learned from Dr. Gary Smalley was that communication happens in different levels. And we were not communicating at a very deep level, in part because when you have five little ones around you, what <laughs> the bathroom was our office is the only place to be alone. And so I would say to him, come into the office. I need to talk to you because there are some conversations you don't want little ones to hear, whether it's about finances or what you, you don't want your little ones to carry the burden of an adult. And so I would say to him, come into the office and invariably there would be little knocks on the door like, mommy, what are you doing in there? Or little fingers under the door, mommy, <laughs> daddy, come out. And so, but we were only communicating at that high level of communication. We're ta you know, talking about facts and talking about our opinions. That's not a deep way to communicate. When you go deeper, you start to talk about your feelings and your needs. Hello, welcome to Monetizing Mompreneurs podcast, where I take you behind the scenes with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, moms, working professionals, and amazing people pursuing their passions and going for their dreams. And I'm your host, Linda Mendable. For over 20 years, Anne Visser has been equipping individuals and organizations to communicate in a way that aligns with their values so they can lead their families and their teams into a better life. She's a certified John Maxwell team coach. Hello, I love John Maxwell. Speaker and trainer at For Better Forever and has spoken to diverse audiences, including marginalized women, married couples, business women, business leaders, students, churches, staff and addicts in recovery and local and international stu students through transformational Paraguay. Paraguay? Like the country? The country, yes. Oh, that's awesome. Welcome, <laughs> Anne. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Linda. It's a pleasure to be here on the Monetizing Modpreneurs podcast. I know, um, it's a tongue twister. It's a tongue twister. It, it is a bit of a tongue twister. See, <laughs> <laughs> Monetizing Modpreneurs 10 times fast. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about equipping others to communicate in a way that aligns their values is, is because of my story. It's because of the struggles that we had within our own marriage, but we didn't start out that way. I was 15 when I met this guy. I shamelessly chased him. I just wanted a date, Linda. Just give me a date. <laughs> so I sat in his desk and I wrote him notes and he would write back and uh, eventually I did get a date and then three years later we were married and I, the photographer said to us on our wedding day he said um, I've never seen a couple look at each other the way the two of you look at each other so we were just so crazy crazy in love and then I was pregnant one month after we were married and uh, very, very sick. And, and now I know that in that first couple of years of marriage, we're really forming a system. We're really forming how we communicate, how we conflict, um, all the things that need to happen in a marriage, how we take care of our adult responsibilities, like paying bills and whatnot. That all happens in the first couple of years and or, or it doesn't, and then we don't do it well. And so we had five children then in six years. And 
my husband was working long hours. He's a farmer and still is. And so we had these external pressures that were pressing in on our marriage, but then we had these internal pressures because we didn't know how to communicate about what was really happening. And we didn't know how to conflict well, how to have a good fight that would actually help us to be able to talk about the things that really mattered. And so this emotional space grew in our marriage. We call it, I like to call it like a creep separateness uh, that came into our marriage but we knew what it was like to love one another we wanted to get back to that and and it all came about um, we were sitting in our farm truck outside our favorite restaurant and I looked at him and I said I, I can't do this anymore and he said to me what do you mean what do you mean you can't do this anymore and I could see that panic in his eyes like what does this mean and I said I just can't do marriage like this anymore we just keep hurting each other. We never resolve anything. And I, I, I'm i so hurt. Something happened that night to him and he opened up to me about what was happening inside of him. I had missed his pain, I think because I was busy caring for our kids and busy with my own pain too. Pain is distracting, whether it's physical or whether it's emotional or mental, it's all very distracting. And so I had missed his pain. That night we recommitted to each other. We're gonna get the help that we need in order to get better. And that was a choice that we had both made. Actually, before we were married, we said to each other, um, if we need help, we're going to go get help. We should have said when we need help, because I, that's what I tell couples now when I'm working with them. You know, it's when we need help. And and it's a very brave and wonderful thing to go for help. And I tell my people and my kids, go for help. Like, don't be afraid to get some help. There is some good help out there. And this is why I do what I do, because that pivotal conversation, it changed my life. It changed the trajectory of our marriage and it, it actually put me on a personal growth journey to get better because I knew I was part of the problem. <laughs> That's amazing that you say that, and this is a very delicate topic and I know that can be delicate, but you just said that, that you knew that you were also part of the problem. And I think that we also, when it comes to marry, it is 100%, 100% for both sides, right? It's not 50-50. And Yay. so- <laughs> Yay, I'm just so happy you're saying that. That just that just makes me so excited because it empowers us. There's something that I can do about it when I am when I'm taking 100% responsibility for me, there's something I can do about it to move forward. Whatever that is, whether it is that we need to set better boundaries with ourselves or whether we need to grow in skills and learn how to communicate better, which was part of our problem, Linda, we didn't know how to communicate well we were missing important essential skills to be in a healthy relationship that's awesome I mean this is right on time for me so I know it's going to be right on time for our listeners um and so I remember like just yesterday I sat down with my husband and I said because I always I always touch base with him so I always have a meeting with him that's how I feel and I say and I ask him and I always ask him the same question what do you believe is the most important thing in marriage you know, in our marriage. Um, and he says, communication. That's what he says. You know, that's what he said last night. I think um, it's it's always what he says, though. I think if we communicate, that's the most important thing. Communicate about the car. Communicate. <laughs> that's what he went straight into the car. He went straight into vehicles. <laughs> I'm like, All right, um, I'll try. It's like when the search engine comes up or there's an engine light or a new light, 
like communicate that with me. And I think for him, it feels like he always wants to feel like he's part of a team. And that's what he tells me, we're a team. And I'm like, yes, we're a team. But he's like a very much a team player. And like, and that's one of the reasons why like I always touch base with him because like he's absolutely amazing <laughs> i i lucked out i've had conversations with women that say i wish my husband would cook or you know he doesn't all he does knows how to do is sandwiches i'm like well that's great have him do sandwiches like a couple times maybe i don't know but um i know communicate like that's a big deal for him is communication and i actually had him take the test with the five love languages I had him take it and it was acts of service for him. So if I did things, instead of saying like, instead of words of affirmation, like you did a good job (laughs) for him, it validates more if I actually do stuff, if I actually physically do things. (laughs) And it's like, we're speaking two different languages. If you're working through uh, affirmation, you're giving him words of affirmation and maybe that works for for you. We speak differently different languages and then the the acts that's where he really feels uh your care and your love when you love him in that way with with acts of service yeah but it took me some time to figure that out because you know it was very difficult in the beginning because I have three littles and I remember I have one point I had a five-year-old a two-year-old and a newborn and I was struggling And I was just trying to do it all with the kids, with the house, with the laundry. And that was a very difficult season for for me. And just talking it out in marriage, having that communication, just like, hey, like letting home, this is the season. (laughs) Because this is the season our kids are little. Give me a bit of grace. And he always did, thank God. You know, but I will always feel guilty. I didn't do the laundry or if I didn't wash the dishes. I'm a stay-at-home mom, but also have my online business. And so just balancing the two can be very difficult. Absolutely. And (laughs) it can be so difficult. I'm laughing because like, I feel like I'm going into all of my stuff and I'm like, I really want to dig into you. It can be so challenging to balance. And I think as women, we're told that we can have it all. And I think that that's just such a fable. There's no way I can be in every place at at the same time. Like, it's just not possible. I'm a believer that we can have it all (laughs) in some way. way. I, I do think that we need to make choices. Like today, my dishes are not all done. They're on the counter. They'll get done at some point today. But I... I came downstairs to be on this podcast. And so I'm here and I'm not up there doing dishes right now. They'll get done. That's okay. And I'm and I'm okay to give myself permission. I think as women, we need to give our permission to do give ourselves permission to do what's most important right now. Right. And it's most important right now for me to be with you. And so, but in that communication. I love the communication that you have with your husband and that he's asking you to be a part of the team and inviting you into that in a way. And I think that's such a beautiful thing, Linda. And I love the way the two of you are communicating and the way you're really clear and and taking that test, that uh, love languages test is a great way to understand how to speak to each other and how to understand each other. 
um, one of the first marriage lessons that we learned from Dr. Gary Smalley was that communication happens in different levels. And we were not communicating at a very deep level, in part because when you have five little ones around you, what <laughs> the bathroom was our office is the only place to be alone. And so I would say to him, come into the office. I need to talk to you because there are some conversations you don't want little ones to hear, whether it's about finances or what you, you don't want your little ones to carry the burden of an adult. And so I would say to him, come into the office and invariably there would be little knocks on the door like, mommy, what are you doing in there? Or little fingers under the door, mommy, <laughs> daddy, come out. And so, but we were only communicating at that high level of communication. We're ta you know, talking about facts and talking about our opinions. That's not a deep way to communicate. When you go deeper, you start to talk about your feelings and your needs. And your, your husband was so very able to say, I want us to feel like a team. That's a need that he's expressing to you. And that's when you go to the deep levels of communication. I still remember when I was standing in the kitchen sink, it was years ago, but I said to my husband, it had been a bad day, Linda, with the kids. And I was frazzled. I, I wasn't a good day. And I just looked at him and I said, I just need a hug. And he was sitting in the kitchen chair. He got up and he walked over to me and he put his arms around me and he held me. And I, I just thought, are you kidding me? It's that easy. All I need to do is ask for what I need and he's willing to give it. But I didn't know that it was part of the skills that we needed to learn in order to be better communicators. Amen. I love that. And I think this is like, this is so important because there could be a lot of insecurities when it comes to having a relationship, but true communication is one of the most important things. I've been very lucky because my husband is not like a talker. So I know there's people that are talkers and there's people that are not. So my husband is not really that much of a talker. So when he does talk, I pay attention. And so whatever he said, if he sends me a song, I pay attention. I'm like, okay, what is this song? Because I'm just trying to find ways to get to know him and get to know what he's thinking. I like feeling, um, I guess, secure for lack of a better term in the sense mm -hmm. of I am getting his need. I am understanding what he wants. And so that's why I have my meetings with him. Hey, what's important to you? If there was, and then I ask him questions like this. If there was one thing that I can do for you, what would that be? And there's so many things to do around the house. I said, okay, if you can only pick one thing to be done consistently, what would that thing be? <laughs> because so I can at least get one thing out of all, all of that. But for me, that's how I approach my relationship. I want to make sure that he feels good because it makes me feel good mm -hmm. um, because then I feel good and then I feel like I can relax because I know that his needs are getting met and he's all right. So I touch base, but there's so, so many different aspects in communication and relationship. And I've, I have met women that have communicated with their husband, letting them know, Hey, I feel alone. And their husband continues to see, do the same stuff over and over again and not listening to them so how can we allow not just us listening to our husbands because I feel as though maybe it's innate in women to listen because <laughs> we're always talking with one another and want to communicate with one another but how can we express to our husbands and communicate with our husband in a way that they can listen to us mm, what a great question 
And so um, I talk about pivotal conversations and the importance of being able to have a good pivotal conversation. So the conversation that we had in our farm truck was a pivotal conversation because it shifted the way we did marriage. It shifted the way we communicated. It shifted the way, not right away, we needed skills, we needed to learn skills, but it began that change. And so one of the ways to communicate with our husbands is to be aware of when those pivotal conversations are happening. For example, when you asked him, what is it that you need? Just one thing, if there's one thing, that's a pivotal conversation because you're indicating that there's gonna be a shift in the way you're doing one thing. And so, and and I noticed too, that when you said to me, um, when he sends me a song, I pay attention. What is it saying? What is it saying to him? And what does it mean to me? That's really important. You're like, he's communicating without the words and you're paying attention. And that can be a pivotal moment, even a pivotal conversation after that, when you ask him, so what did that song mean to you? I really like it, you know, but I'm curious, what did it mean to you? So I love that sense of curiosity that you have with him. And that's what I love to teach my people. Be curious about your people. Be curious about their hearts and what's really going on underneath because it's just a song, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's saying a really important message that really spoke to him that he wants you to know. He wants you to get that message. So you don't want to miss that message. So I say, be curious about that communication and what's important to them. Be curious about their heart and about their experience. That matters. Um, in the case of my husband, uh, when we had that pivotal conversation, that was well over 20 years ago, Linda. But when we had that pivotal conversation, he was, he was, his heart was crying out. And so was mine. Um, there weren't little literal tears that night, but we were both crying out for help. And so we were both paying attention on that particular night. And so I think it's really important to be curious about, okay, how do we move forward from here? This isn't a good place. We need a shift or change, but how can we move forward from here? You know, we started with a book and we started to read. And as we read and devoured that book, we really literally devoured that book. And we, every page, we were learning new things because we were such babies and we didn't knew so little. And, but then we started to apply the things that we were learning. And that's another thing that I teach my people, you know, knowledge, it only takes us so far, not very far, really. We need to apply the things that we're learning that really work. And that's where we start to gain momentum in relationship and in life and in business too. If I learn all the things there is to learn about sales, but I don't actually ever sell, then I don't really have a business <laughs> and I, I'm not applying what I'm learning. And so it's, so, so it is in business. It is in relationship too. I must apply the good things that I'm learning. I say, you know, if what you're doing isn't working, try something different. Don't keep doing the same thing over and over again that is not working for you. For heaven's sakes, try something different. I will say to my people, let's do an experiment. Okay, let's experiment. Depending on what they're working on, like maybe she's working on that she's actually talking too much. <laughs> and I will say, try talking less. Dial that back and leave space for them to inject their ideas and their thoughts so that you can hear more because women will say to me, I'm so lonely. He never talks to me. And then they're doing all the talking. So there's no space for him to actually talk. And so I'll say, okay, let's do an experiment. Let's try something different. Um, how about you dial it back and you talk less? How about you talk half as much? Uh, you're going to have him looking around like what's going on. There's a shift or a change here. And then be curious about what their experience is.
Amen. My husband actually told me last night, he was like, you don't talk much. <laughs> you know, because like I am the type to have intentional conversations. So I'm not really like talking a whole bunch, but I'm having more intentional convos. And that's why I check in because I'm not a big talker. So what? Do, how about if there's women like me that are not such big talkers, what can we do? to express ourselves more i'm trying to do it more <laughs> that's a great question linda and so uh, the exercise that has really helped me and so many of my women and this is what i teach in pivotal conversations is to actually check emotions and this is a great way uh, to journal through these questions what am i thinking what am i feeling what's troubling me right now and what do i really want then you've got something to talk about so you've got to, you, you can talk about what you're thinking about. You can talk about how you're feeling, what's troubling you today, and what do you really want? And I have another fantastic exercise that I would love to give you. We do this every night. We've been doing it for years. It helps us to connect when we're really, really busy, but I love it because of the consistency to it. And whether we're apart or not, we call each other if we're traveling uh, just to check in and ask these questions. So the question, first question is, what was the high point of your day? It gives you something to talk about. And what I love about that is sometimes he'll share things with me that he hadn't thought to share earlier. And so I learn more about him. And by the way, the first part of love and knowing in and attachment is to know you know and this keeps us in the know I think often couples say they've fallen out of love when they've really fallen out of no I don't really know you we're not spending time together we're not talking together so I don't really know what's going on your check-ins are helping you to stay in the know and that's what's so great about your check-ins with your husband and so when we do those, when we ask those questions, thinking, what am I thinking, feeling, uh, what am, what's troubling me, and then what do I really want? It helps us to have that conversation. And then this exercise I was sharing with you is um, what do you, what, what is the high point of your day? What was the low point of your day? And that's not for conversation, it's just for statement. And so we don't get into a conversation during this exercise. If I happen to be the low point of his day, something that I said or did, we don't was, talk. My husband would tell me, yeah, I was like, how was your day? He was like, well, it was fine until my, my wife called me nagging about something. I was like, ah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> He's too much. He'll tell me. <laughs> He's That's a good communicator. <laughs> That's fantastic. And then we always end off on a high point is what do you appreciate about me today? And it's really important to ask each other that question. It's a really vulnerable question. And vulnerability is a big part of love and relationship. And it's a big part of getting to know each other because when we're vulnerable and can say, you know, I really appreciate about you. Uh, you know, one of the things that I really appreciate about my husband is that he takes, he is taking specific time to care for our adult kids and so um and to me that's just that makes me just warm and fuzzy inside when he's uh caring for our kids as much as I do but in a different way and so I just love that about him and it's really important to express those appreciations to each other um uh, because it gives us a positive experience with one another again this is good because I'm thinking back on like some of my friends that have gone through very difficult moments and I know other women on 
who are listening may have gone through, or even men that might be listening, who knows? Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel as though he's right. Cause I asked him what's important communication. That is the most important. Yes, you are right. (laughs) But what would you say if you're in a kind of in a difficult spot and you're feeling lonely, right? You feel lonely. You feel like you're the only one or you feel like your needs are not being met. I know about having those pivotal conversations, but what can they also do? What type of actions can they do to kind of turn the situation around? I love this question. And my daughter and I were just talking about this the other day. I think there's two kinds of loneliness. So there's a kind of loneliness uh, that we inherently have because we desire connection and human human connection. And that happened a lot over this last season. Um, there's a kind of loneliness that happens for me when I can't touch the people I love. I love to touch and it's one of my love languages. And so there's a kind of loneliness that I feel that I know that it's just because I'm not getting enough touch. And for me, that's okay just to acknowledge that emotion and then be aware of where there are opportunities to hug my grandchildren. I have 11 of them. <laughs> or, Congratulations. Or, you know, <laughs> thank you. Or to care for my dad, love to wash his hair and trim his hair. So th- there's that kind of, lo- then there's the other kind of loneliness where we're in a relationship and it we're not connecting. And so in that case, uh, there are different ways that we can connect. That exercise that I gave you is a great way to start because it's not so threatening. It's easy. Uh, It's easy to remember. Men actually love this exercise. And so it is just incredibly helpful to start there, to connect in a small way. And then there are ways, I think it's important for my loneliness. I need to be with other women. It's just important for me to have girlfriends. It's important for me to have sisters that aren't sisters (laughs) by blood but it's important to me to have that sort of connection and to have those deeper conversations yeah girl yes mind don't mind me saying girl but yes (laughs) (laughs) you know why i have heard of relationships the woman gets married and then she takes him away from his friends why are you what are you doing hanging out with i feel like that is a big red flag on the play, on the relationship play. I I never took away my husband. Like my husband loves baseball. When the springtime comes, he has his league that he plays with, with his friends. I do not touch that. I feel like he needs that. And I feel like that keeps him and our relationship healthy. There's a lot of trust that involves there. Um, and I do, I completely trust him. Why not? Like, shoot. And he lets me have my time with my friend. And that's why we have monetizing mompreneurs for moms to get connected with moms that are in this journey of entrepreneurship. But I feel like a big red flag is preventing your significant other to go out with their friends because friendships are necessary, right? Friendships are necessary for us. They're so important. It's important for us to be plugged in and connected somewhere. And that's why I have a membership as well. I love that, that you have a membership too. I just think it's so important for all of us. And I agree with you that it is a big red flag when we're not uh, able to allow our partners to have other relationships outside. Um, And of course, there's lots of accountability that we can build into that, but it's important to have healthy uh, relationships that can Continue to build relationship. You know, I say that it takes a village to raise me. 
<laughs> heard that saying it takes a village to raise a child. Well, yeah. I need a lot of people in my life. I need people for my business. I need people for uh, my personal life. I, I have a friend. She's been a friend since grade one. We've known each other. And um, we're just whining to each other because we can't get to coffee this weekend. <laughs> but it's important to meet with her. She knows me. There's a whole lot of things I don't have to explain to her because she's walked with me through many, many things. And then I mean, my husband, of course, and they're all different kinds of connection, but they're all important. And, you know, e even to be known in small ways, I think is so important. Um, when I was first started my business uh, over six years ago, we didn't have good internet at home. So I would go to the to the coffee shop in, in the city to, to have internet service. And I would stay there for a good part of the day. And so they got to know me then. I got to know my coffee order, which is a little different. Then when I had internet at home, I wasn't going in anymore. Two months later, I went through the drive-thru. And the voice on the other side, when I ordered my coffee, she said to me, where have you been? We've missed you. I was like, what? You know me? You know my coffee order? <laughs> you know my voice? Even a little bit of connection is really important. Yeah, community it makes us feel important. seen and known. Yeah, community is such a big part of life. And we don't have to do this alone. We can definitely partner and lock elbows with one another. What would you say your number one question that you receive when it comes to your profession and relationships? I, the number one question is around communication. I don't know how to talk to him. He doesn't listen to me. Um, I don't know how to connect with him um, is really what they're saying. And so I work to help my people uh, have healthy relationships through our membership uh, with other women who are working to grow too, to give them a sense of peace. My women are people pleasers. Uh, they're so kind-hearted and so agreeable. They give everything away, but then they find themselves empty. And even Christmas time is an especially hard time for people pleasers because they want everyone to be happy. And it's just not possible. Everyone's not happy all the time. And so I work with my women to find that balance between knowing who they are and how much they can give away and how to take that, I call it soul care, how to take care of themselves in order to be in healthy relationships. Like you said, a hundred percent, I can't bring a hundred percent of me to the table or to the relationship if I'm not taking care of myself. And that's one of the hardest lessons for my women to get because they're faith-driven women and they feel like they just have to give everything away. But when they do that, they lose themselves. And I'm familiar with that because I've been, I'm a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think all of us have a little bit of people pleasing, you know? Um, you know, let's say you're at a coffee shop and you're about to order a coffee. Um, you're not going to be rude, right? You're going to try to be your best self and maybe someone cuts you. You may be like, well, excuse me, but maybe you'll let them cut, you know, in front of you or something like that. You never know. Like, I feel like we all have instances we kind of like allowed someone to kind of like come in. So we, I feel like we all in one level or another. So, um, you know, so for the people pleasers out there, we all deal with it in one way or another. Like I know for me, I don't want to, you know, make certain people sad, but as I go older though, 
I'm not so much of a people pleaser as I was when I was a little bit younger. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, because, mm, excuse me, hello. <laughs> I remember I had an altercation with someone at Legoland. Excuse me, did you just cut in front of me? Because <laughs> I'm going to get this Mario Lego for my son that wants it, okay? Like, I'm not spending all day in this line. <laughs> but, and that's know, a pivotal... That's a pivotal conversation. And that's why it's important for my women to learn how to have those pivotal conversations in a way that they feel good about themselves after it's finished. Yeah. Um, so that they can still express uh, what's happening, just as you did. Uh, and, but then they feel good about how they've expressed that after, because sometimes it's not in the words that we use as it, as it is in the tone that we've used, uh, yes. that makes us not feel so good about, you know, whether I mean, they we're being, were not, they weren't happy about receiving, uh, acknowledgement that they were cutting through, like, excuse me. I mean, they still like, you know, they ignored me. Yeah. I let them, you know, like, whatever, I'm not going to make a fuss about it, but dang, was I a bit upset in the line as well. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I feel like there there's moments that, like, I felt good that I, I at least spoke up because I was one of those, per, you know, people that wouldn't speak up. But, you know, I'm learning how to kind of, like, have a voice on the market, have a voice to express yourself. Yes. Like, there's some things that you just got to be like, you know what, I see what you're doing here. You know, like, that's not right. I'm acknowledging that it's not right. I see that you're doing that is not right. <laughs> right? Yes. I feel like we have to stand up for ourselves sometimes. So I want to go into the, I mean, like the answer that you said about he's not listening, you know, I feel like there's a certain point that maybe a man gets to that they just shut down. Mm -hmm. And so how can we prevent that point of shutdown? Cause I, I don't want, you know, I don't, I don't want to get there. So I'm always checking in. Cause I, cause I like, I, I shut down easily. I'm the one that kind of does the cold shoulder. I'm the cold shoulder person. I was having a conversation with another fellow um, mompreneur and she was talking about how he won't tell her things that she should know about. And it feels very like a betrayal. He's the type that's very friendly. And he's just a people person. She's not, she's more, I guess, introverted, but she mm -hmm. doesn't understand why he doesn't tell her something. He opened up a business behind her back, didn't tell her nothing just opened the business behind her back and he would give her the code. Like if they have a fight, he would be the one to just shut down, give her the cold shoulder for weeks at a time. And she wouldn't know how to, it would be so betraying for her. And they actually went and got help because of that. And I feel like a lot of women go through something like that. Um, mm -hmm. Like how, how can we as women face something like that, how can we prevent the shutdown? So first of all, I just want to identify there's a difference between a man shutting down and then a man going behind his wife's back and starting a business. That is a betrayal, um, as yeah. in it's a breakage of trust, right? So how can I trust you if you're taking money from our personal, because it takes money to start a business and yes. if you're taking yes. either retirement money getting money from like what's going yeah. on why was mm -hmm. I you know because she did say he did approach her and say hey I'm thinking of doing xyz you know he did do that but then he ended up just doing it on his own without she was like we can do this at this time she put out time and when mm -hmm. but he did not listen 
to her advice on when didn't really listen to her kind of like mm -hmm. that's horrible I mean I I there's moments oh that it yeah Linda that's a big betrayal and that means that trust needs to re be rebuilt and trust can only be rebuilt with two people uh, the woman cannot rebuild that trust alone um, she needs to risk believing that it's possible for them to rebuild that trust again but he needs that person who is betrayed whether it's a man or a woman the betrayer needs to be open and honest about what they're doing in for the in this case in business and in finances and where that money is coming from and where it's going in order to rebuild trust for each other. And so that's a, that's a two person job, whereas forgiveness, and that's one, that's a one person job. Uh, forgiveness is letting go of the other person and setting yourself free because when we don't forgive, we become very resentful. And so that's one thing that a woman can do regardless. If she's been betrayed, she can move forward in forgiveness. And often that takes some help and some support, depending on how deep the betrayal well, is. They're getting, they're, they are definitely, you know, and, and he's attending, you know, because he loves her and they love each other, mm -hmm. you know. They've been married for a while and stuff like that. But, you know, there is certain instances that she doesn't understand how to reach him and how to talk to him. How can we have a pivotal conversation on that? We first deal with our own selves. So number one C is to check emotions. We have to check ourselves so we can come to the conversation in a better way. Because if I come accusing, if I come angry, then that conversation is shut down before it actually even starts. And so the first thing is to check emotions. What's going on? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? What, do I, what am I worried about here? And some that question is often not what we think it's going to be the answer to that question. So it's really important to answer that question for ourselves. Like maybe what I'm worried about is that you're going to spend all our money and we're going to be broke. It's important to be able to identify that and to be able to say that to your loved one. And then the last one, what is it that I want? And what is it that I need? Because that need might be a little different than the want, right? So once we check those, once we check those emotions, then I check my motive. Like, what is my motive here? Sometimes our motive is I just want to be right. And I want to prove you you're wrong. <laughs> that's that's not, yeah, that's not such a healthy motive. And that's not going to get us where we want to go. Uh, and so I say, what is the end goal for your relationship? Well, the end goal for marriage is connection. Yeah. Uh, I believe that that's the end goal for marriage. And so is this going to help us connect? If if this thing stays in between us, are we going to continue to be disconnected? Yes, we need to deal with this thing. And so the second C in those three C's to pivotal conversations, and that second one is to communicate and clarify. That's where you communicate those thoughts and those feelings. And what is really troubling you about that? And then you invite feedback. So help me understand. I love that phrase. Help me understand how you went out and spent that money without um, without me knowing. Help me understand how you thought that was okay. Because I'm not okay with that. It depends. Like how we say it matters, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then invite feedback from the other person. Oh yeah. I like, I like, I, I love the feedback part. Let me hear this one out. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, I'm really curious about what you're going to say. One of the things that we say to each other is borrón y cuento nuevo. And that means like, let's start over and start a new bill. <laughs> That's what it means. In Spanish. Like let's start over and start a new bill on what we owe each other. Because if you're going to 
bring up things from the past, you're never going to go into the future. And so that's one of our relationships. It's the beginning. We started like that and that we're never going to throw things in each other's faces. And we respect each other, our mistakes. Like we mm -hmm. respect each other. Um, if we make mistakes, we don't throw it back in like, hey, you more like when there's an argument coming up and oh, but you did X, Y, Z in this time frame, you know? Yes. And so that has really helped us when mm -hmm. we have our conversations, when we listen to each other and how we feel, you know, it has really definitely helped us. But I have been the one that holds the bar on that. Mm -hmm. Like, no, 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 don't bring that happened yesterday. This didn't have, that did not happen <laughs> today. We're talking about what you did today. Don't bring me on what I did on another day. We're talking about now. <laughs> that is so good, Linda, because, and when we do that prep work and we really understand, oh, this is, this is the goal. Like this is the, this is what, this is what this conversation is about. And so you don't go down those rabbit holes about what, like what I did yesterday or even what you did yesterday. We're talking about what happened today. And we, we call that short accounts too. And that was a lesson that we had to learn is to keep short accounts and not let those accounts build and drag on so that you stack and you, you do owe each other a whole lot when you be, but marriage requires a lot of grace. <laughs> it requires a lot of and it requires daily grace yeah it does keep, i mean yeah i we were talking yesterday and we were like marriage is hard and he's like yeah marriage is hard and i'm like he finds this hard too <laughs> you know i was getting a little bit upset about it but i acknowledged yeah we, we just agreed on it we just looked down and just agreed. <laughs> <laughs> well i work it is it is work and 42 years later linda we've been married for 42 years and um i said to him a little while ago i said uh i'm so glad that you walked through that desert time with me and that you didn't give up on us because now it's really sweet like when you can work through those things whether they're smaller things or little things and and when you don't stack a whole lot of of issues and challenges and you deal with it, things as they come up then when you get to 42 years it's very sweet it's very good and I'm so grateful that uh, neither of us gave up and that we were willing to walk through that hard space in order to learn the skills and the tools that we needed in order to be better together and I tell my people don't give up too soon I think today we give up too soon and we stop trying because it is hard and not every day has to be hard, but some days can be hard and we give up too soon. But I think there's important lessons to learn in the midst of uh, our marriages for ourselves. I needed to learn to speak up and to have a voice within my marriage because I'm a people pleaser. It was a good lesson for me to learn because now I can do that. I, now I can speak with you here um, before I would never have done something like this, Linda. And so there are really important lessons in our marriages that we can use to grow personally and that can help us do the things that we feel called to do and that we're so good at. And so I encourage my people to don't give up too soon. Amen. And I, I love that you say don't give up too soon um, because I feel like sometimes we can give up. But one of the things that I'm, I'm learning, there's a couple of things that I, I'm learning. And that's like, if you're going to forgive, forgive for real. Don't just say you forgive. You know, if you if you can't forgive and take that space until you can forgive and come back or something like that, or if you need time, like if they really royally messed up, you need time to decide. Don't get in his arms, let him think he's forgiven, and then come in and say something hurtful and and keep repeating the same thing. I feel like 
that's a mistake sometimes we as women bringing up like you hurt me here and co- completely because you haven't received that closure honestly if there's something that my husband if he's done that I didn't like or something like that I talk about it until I feel that I've been understood I beat it you know I don't say okay okay no I'm like nah I need to understand this is how it feels I don't like this this is how I feel about xyz how do you feel about this I learned this a long time. You know how that makes me feel? It makes me feel like X, Y, Z, so he can understand it. You know, I put him in a situation, in his world. You know, sometimes I I refer to baseball a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Just so he can understand the emotion. You know how it makes me feel? It makes me feel like when you go to your baseball game and that's the third strike and you lost the game and you were the one that was supposed to. I put some perspective or something. So he can understand where I'm Mm -hmm. coming from. And that actually works a lot. That Mm -hmm. works so much. Yeah. Dr. Gary Smalley talks about that too, Linda. You're giving him a word picture. You're giving a picture of how you're feeling. And that can really help uh, another person understand what's going on or what's happening for you. That's brilliant. I, I, and it works. And it makes him, he stops and I see him processing. (laughs) I'm like, ah, that's how that feels. Yes. Um, and, yes. And for everyone, it's a little different in what works for different people. And that's why if what we're working, if what we're doing isn't working, we need to try something different. So uh for my husband, he doesn't watch baseball. So an analogy like that's never going to speak oh, to no. him. So <laughs> it's important, I'm just to say that it's important for us to find ways to speak and to listen to understand one another and what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another and so it's important to try different things and not get discouraged when something doesn't work just go back to the drawing board try something new again yes and it works so good that he does it to me now (laughs) (laughs) he was like you know how you do xyz well this is how i feel when you xyz and so now we you know we play off of that so (laughs) Can where can people find you? Sure. Well, my company is For Better Forever. And uh, you can, I have a weekly email, or sorry, weekly newsletter. Uh, but I also have a free resource. Can I share that with your people? Of course. That's what you're here yeah. for, girl. Okay. So, yeah, we've been listening to, we've been talking about pivotal conversations. And so if your people are thinking about a pivotal conversation they've been putting off and something they just need to have, this resource can help them to prepare for that next pivotal conversation. It's a seven-day challenge. So each day we send you a short video with a simple action step. I love action. (laughs) A simple action step that they can take that day to prepare step-by-step for their next pivotal conversation. So they can go from knowing, not knowing what they want to say or even how to approach that pivotal conversation to knowing exactly what it is they want to say and get ready for that next pivotal conversation. They can find that seven-day challenge at forbetterforever.com forward slash challenge. And that really is the best way to stay in touch with me because when you sign up for that challenge, you can also sign up for my weekly email. email. It's called Tuesday Brew with Anne. And that's where I share weekly communication tips to help you communicate in a way that aligns with your values. Amen. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much, Anne. Thank you for coming to the show. But because you know what, sometimes I do feel sometimes like men are from Mars and women are from Venus. I feel like we just process things so differently and our emotions and stuff like that. And I think, I think 
trying to understand our men in our lives is very powerful, especially our spouses and how deep their emotions can be, right? And how, mm-hmm. how much they can be. Sometimes I think as women, we don't think how deeply they feel, right? Because mm-hmm. what they're men, they're supposed to be hard and rigid and rocks and burly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I have learned that you, know, you can fall deeper in love with your husband each moment if you start understanding how he feels emotionally and their emotions that they have and they can be like the ones that you think are not romantic they have their own romantic ways of expressing their love in a romantic side like I know my husband does it with the music and stuff like that I love that that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) I wish we could go deeper because it's such a good conversation (laughs) I, I would love to come back and talk some more about how to communicate in our marriages I would love to have you back. All right, Anne. Well, have an amazing day. Thank you, Linda. Pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have a chance, stop by the website at lindamendable.com. Sign up for the Blog Cure, which is an awesome, awesome course that I created that will help you set up your blog or take your blog to the next level. And join us over at Monetizing Mompreneurs Facebook group. I just want to say again, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.